seconds left. Boston only has a one-point lead. Greer is putting the ball on a play. He gets it out deep and Havlicek steals it. from the parking lot, and Vermont has a 59-55 lead. Swung line drive left field, one run is in, here comes Green, here's the throw to the plate, he is safe, Braves win, Braves win, Braves win, Braves win. Five seconds left in the game, do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Down goes Frazier, down goes Frazier. I just got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your engine! It's showtime. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and sports enthusiasts from around the world. This is the podcast you have all been waiting for. Whether listening in the car, on your morning drive, or with one earbud in at the office, this is the sports show that has it all. From pro wrestling to the octagon, from the gridiron to the baseball diamond, from the pitch to the ice, it's all here. You have tuned in to Mount Sterling's most downloaded podcast that drops on Saturdays at 3 a.m. This is not your average podcast. This is From Corner to Corner. And now, here are your hosts. Sean Big Papa Kuyper, Wes Redman Crouch, Adam Big Country Muncie, and Neil Mulletman Payne. And welcome back to another episode of From Corner to Corner. Sean and Neil here tonight with Darren. Oh, baby, control. it's just the originals in the house. Two weeks in a row. Wes bailed out on us. He's on dog poop duty. <laughs> He's on something. He's on something. He, hey, he needs that Prozac lick that, that we talked about last week. <laughs> he, he couldn't handle two shows in a row, I guess. He, he was here for the coaches show. Well, listen, He's like, I got to go. That hour that he spent in Lee's drive-thru might have got his bubble guts going. <laughs> he might have. He might have he had no bubble guts. They're not, the, they're not the same anymore, so, you know. Jessica spent almost two hours the other day in Lee's Draft. I'm not doing that. Listen, there is no place in America that I'm going to wait for two hours, especially fast food fried chicken. Yeah. They've always had a long draft through, but I think... uh, Since COVID. Since the robot, it has slowed it down even more. Yeah. I've seen multiple people posting on Facebook over the last couple of days about the new robot taking what? your order. And it ain't even faster if you order it on the app anymore. That used to be the fastest way to do it. You can't even do that now. You still sit out there for 30 plus minutes. I guess I'll be trying KFC out. Listen, I've lived in Mount Sterling since 2010, and I've never once went to KFC. I don't know that I've made it past City King Buffet ever on that side. Really? Yep. I mean, we used to eat there I went often. to KFC one time. And I said, I'll never go back to KFC. And I have not. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been in Mel's Row. Do they the still have a buffet, have. I wonder? I have no idea. We used to go eat that buffet over there all the time. Well, they did They did in 2009, 2010 when I went there. <laughs> and I have not been back there well, I know since. they did prior to COVID. I know we haven't been there since COVID, though. I mean, listen, I don't know how they stay open, if I'm being completely honest. Because every time I look over there, I never... Like the Arby's in Camargo. How the hell does the Arby's in Camargo stay open? 
<laughs> there ain't nobody ever there, Never. and everybody that goes there, your order is wrong. <laughs> it's like, how do they? How do they we do have joked multiple times. They have the you know the pull up spots one two, and then they need two more around the you corner don't need that where many. you pull. To get your order right. So you come, you pull here, <laughs> you get what they give you, then you turn the corner and pull here, and you get what you actually You don't order. need that many parking spots. Listen, <laughs> if you order anything from the Arby's in Camargo, and it doesn't come out hot, what are you doing? You're not serving my food. <laughs> I've been in Camargo all different times of the day, and there's nobody ever there. Yeah. Never. Do you think they're... Are they just like funneling money through there? Is, like, is it like some like drug ring that somebody's running? And it's like we got to get rid of some money. Oh wait, wait, wait! Somebody's ordering food. Uh, 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 you make a roast beef sandwich. Uh, you try to make some fries. Uh, here, uh, here's where we get the cease and desist letter. The cartel owns Arby's. <laughs> the Arby's cartel is after us now. That's 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 why it's always wrong because nobody in there knows how to cook. They only know how to launder money. Have you ever seen Ozark? Jason Bateman's getting ready to walk out the back. I've never seen it, so I don't know what y'all talking oh, it's about. It's a great show. It's a good Super show. Super great show. So, how was your week? Meh. 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 My son started a new school. Yeah, I heard that. How, how'd that go? He loves it. Your your post on Facebook drew, drew a lot of attention. It did, and it's all true. And like I said on the show, uh, if you listen to our live on Tuesday... I'm not extremely happy, and the people at the board don't want me to talk to them right now because yeah. uh, I would say some very unkind things. Because if I'm being honest, the school system here is in the crapper. Yeah. And it starts at the top. Uh, so we need a clean sweep starting at the top, working our way down. Because, as I said in the post, there are good teachers here, but our leadership is awful. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one of the things I took from that was that was an observation of a 12-year-old. Yep. I'm sure it wasn't like you ask him, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You you ask him how his first four days of school was, and that's, that's the response he gave you. Yeah. He told me that it was a lot less hectic. Yeah. And that teachers were able to teach here. And, yeah. And when I say here, I'm not talking about Clark County. Go Cards. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like there's a lot of things that Clark County just just does better. You know, I'm going to pitch this idea to Dustin Howard. He's the, he, he's the superintendent of Clark County Schools. You know, uh, when you're driving down, I think 75, there are, and it used to be all over the place, there would be these billboards between the University of Louisville and the University of Kentucky that said miles ahead. Like, he needs to put billboards up that say minutes ahead because they're just 15 minutes down the road. We're just minutes ahead. <laughs> but I mean, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Not what they should be, right? They're worried about, I'm glad uh, my kids are out. They're worried about other things. Worried about other things. Yeah. Like specifically how their bank account looks. Yeah. But listen, another topic for another day. That's true. That's true. Did you watch the NBA All Star game? Does anybody watch the NBA All Star game? Well, I know that there was four hundred points scored. Apparently, quite a few people watched it and they're upset about it. Well, four hundred points were scored. Think about what I just said. Four hundred points were scored. Two eleven to one eighty nine. I think was the final score. Yeah, that's four hundred points. Yeah, 
Did you hear what Adam Silver said when he presented the trophy? No. Congratulations to the Eastern Conference. Scored more points than the Western Conference. Congratulations. Like, it was it was the most awkward thing ever. Like, you could tell he was so put off by it. The Eastern Conference scored one less point than I believe it was the 94 All-Star Game combined score. Yeah. I believe it was 94. It was uh, 112 to 110, and they scored 211. One less point than the combined score of the '94 All Star Game. You know, and the and the entire weekend is a joke. Yeah, like yeah. I, I mean, used, the three point contest is the only thing that's still legitimate. But was it legitimate? Did you see Carl Anthony Towns with his big goofy foot over the line shooting threes? Did, did you see that there? Mm-mm. And they were counting them. I'm like, he's over the line. I feel, I, f- I felt like Herman Moon. He's lining up offside. He's lined, like, <laughs> his foot is hanging over the line. <laughs> like I felt like Herman Moon. I watched that movie on Sunday. Of course yeah. you did, because it's great. <laughs> it's a great movie. You probably watched it on CMT. Uh, it was on the C- uh, CW. I think CW, it was, okay. yeah. But it's like he wears a size 43. It's a boat ski, right? Like. You can see that it's over the line. His toes were behind the line. It's just shoe. His shoe wasn't. His shoe's a clown shoe. Well, I mean, you remember Breadstick? Yeah, Breadstick. He actually <laughs> lost the playoff game because his damn foot's too long. <laughs> that was the title of one of our shows. Breadsticks. Breadsticks. Yeah. That was also around the time we started hashtag KD for BG. Yeah. We were willing to swap Russia straight up. Kevin yep. Durant for Brittany Griner. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking that might have been a mistake. Could you keep them both? Yeah. If I send you Kevin Durant, can you just keep him too? Right. We'll plant some marijuana on him when he goes to the airport. As far as the All-Star game goes, I, you can tell that the players do not care. Zero cares. And they played that way. And, I mean, there was zero defense. I mean, Lillard... I, I multiple times pulled up from half court, dropping threes, which I mean, kind of amazing that he's just shooting half court shots like they're three pointers. But like even in the fourth quarter, they had the the court was an LED lit up court that was dumb to begin. And with. in the fourth quarter, they were moving the three and four point line. So when you come down, it was moving. Did you see that? No. I mean, so it doesn't surprise me. It could be. The, the four-point line could be the three-point depth or the three-point line could be the four-point. I mean, but you could literally see it moving on the floor. It's so stupid. And, you know, everybody's like, well, you've got to incentivize it. And like, well, it's their freaking job. How much more incentivizing do you need? You, you don't see that with the major leagues. And, I mean, the NFL, they went away from the traditional football game. They do flag football now. But, I mean, flag football is more of a fun type of thing. But they do – the the NFL has had – they've taken the, the – instead of three-point contests, they've got the quarterback skills competition. They took those and they, they transformed them into something that draws you in. Yeah. Like, I want to watch the quarterback skills competition where the, these quarterbacks, these elite athletes are trying to hit a radial tire sliding across 
But then on the but then on the other side of the same coin, Dan Orlovsky, who's awful, went out without warming up in a suit and outdid like Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So like, yeah. None of like they're such a joke. Just get rid of them. Yeah. If you want to incentivize I'm, it, do what baseball does. Winner of the All Star game gets home field advantage yeah. in the. Series. I mean, that's what fixed it with them. Yeah. I mean, when they put something on the line. NBA Finals is the same. It's a best of seven, just like the World Series. Winner gets home court advantage. We talked about that. Day. He he didn't he didn't know I don't, if, if I don't the think NBA that, really mattered. That right, I was going to say, I don't field. think it's that big a deal in the NBA. In baseball, you know, it, it seems to be a bigger deal, right? I don't, I mean, because people win on the road all the time. In the NBA. Like I don't know that it's that big a deal. Of course, Game Seven in your home in your home arena would be you know yes. would yeah. would be important. But you know you have to get to a Game Seven. Yeah, I mean you, Game Seven at the Oracle. That's a that's a that's something else. Yeah, that's well, for sure. I mean LeBron and the Cavs won Game Seven in the Oracle. That's true. That is true. So, um, I. I don't know the the slam dunk contest. You finally get a superstar in it with Jalen Brown, but and he could. I mean, he he, he jumped looked, over a five foot four guy sitting in a chair. Yeah, I mean, some of his dunks were high schoolish, if that. Yeah, and then you got Mike 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 McGlung that goes out and wins again, and this dude's jumping over freaking Shaq. He's played four NBA games. Yeah. Four and one back to back slam dunk contest. It's a joke. LeBron James ruined the slam dunk contest. Stephen A. Smith thinks so. And I tend to agree with him. I tend to think whenever our superstars stop participating in things like the three point contest, now you do got like Steph Curry and stuff, they they participate in three point contests. But whenever they stop participating in the dunk contest, that was that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Because I mean what made the slam dunk contest a must watch was Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Spud Webb, Vince Carter. Vince Carter. I mean, we had that we had that on the show a couple weeks ago. We were talking about you know the our Mount Rushmore of dunkers. Uh-huh. Nobody said LeBron James. Well, Kobe Bryant was even in the slam dunk contest. He was. He won. Yeah, and, and but like LeBron has never done it. Wade never did it. Well, basically anybody from LeBron's class on has not participated superstar-wise. I mean, Giannis didn't do it. I mean, like, I guess Aaron Gordon probably. Dwight Howard was the last superstar that did it. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say you wouldn't really consider Aaron Gordon a superstar, but he was really good at it. Zach Levine was. was And, And he wasn't the player he is now whenever he did it. Yeah. And what you just said is another reason for me of why LeBron can never be the GOAT. I mean, it's a very good argument, but there are a lot of things that, you know, that cannot be, you know, matched or, or, or paralleled. And, and, you know, what what Michael meant for the game versus what LeBron means for the game, it's two different things. LeBron made it political. M- Michael just wanted to win. And would right. do anything in his power to win. Kobe was the same way. I mean, Kobe was yeah. cut from the same cloth. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kobe was my favorite. I, I, he was. But I mean, 
the NBA is such a bad product right now. If you listen to us talk on Tuesday, I talked about the WNBA, and it's not a very good product. The NBA is not much better, and I know I know Adam and his boys both are big are big NBA fans, and and I know that they have their following and their fan base. But as like for just your casual fan, the NBA is not any good. Well, I heard somebody might I don't remember who it was, but maybe it was Damian Lillard in the interview after the game. He's like. Our regular games are basically starting to become like this, you know. Not they're not even. Playing it's all defense. about a show. It's not a game anymore. It's a show. It's a, yeah, just shooting contest. And I mean, that's why you're seeing guys, you know, excel. I mean, it's pretty easy when you're shooting a wide open shot. Right. I mean, there was zero defense. I mean, there's zero defense most of the NBA season. Yeah. I mean, they weren't even trying defensively. No. No, it was literally – well, I mean, like, Luca threw a three-quarter court shot up. Right. Didn't even come close. It's such a waste. Did you see the interview? Larry Bird, before the All-Star game, said, I hope these guys take some pride and go out here and play, you know, a really good game because the fans deserve it. And then they go out and do that. And they kept showing showing clips of him sitting in the stands and he's just like shaking his head and just like you could just see the fumes coming out of his his head cuz i mean you can just imagine Larry Larry coached in the NBA not only played there there's no way in the world his his teams would have played like that his teams played good defense well, when he coached but he also came around in an era where they had pride yeah that's a lot of what's missing yeah. is pride yeah. you know it's not about the name on the front of the jersey anymore. Well, and it's because, it, you know, we say this all the time on the show, money has ruined everything. Yes. And it's made everything gross. So you got guys making hundreds of millions of dollars. What the hell am I going to – most of that's guaranteed? What? Why am I going to go out and bust my hump? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Not Well, so, you know, and, and you think about it. So money, right? So the uh, – have you seen the the interview with Mike Trout this week? No. So Mike Trout has has been as loyal of a player as anybody in Major League Baseball. Yeah. He got paid to to play in Los Angeles, the Angels, and he they were interviewing him, and he's like, you know, every time they talk to him, they ask about a trade, and he goes, I, I I've not seek to trade. I'm I'm not looking to seek a trade. He goes to me. I'm loyal. And he goes, it would mean more to me for the Angels to make the playoffs with me on the team than it would be for me to ask for a trade to go play somewhere else and leave this team. So basically to the point that I I want to, I want to play here and I want to see this team succeed. Right. Obviously, Shohei did not want to do that. No. And then you flip side. I sent this interview, and me and Adam kind of disagreed with it a little bit. I've got more people on my side than Adam has on his. Anthony Rendon, they basically make the comment and said, you know, it is something along the lines is baseball, you know, your top priority. And he's like, baseball's never been my top priority. My my family and and my faith is my top priority. Baseball is just a job, and like I get that, right? Everybody's family and and faith should be at the top of the list. But you're a professional baseball player, 
who has sucked for a while and you get paid uber money, like $38 million for the next three years is what's left on his deal. He's hurt all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you say a comment like that, when you hear Mike Trout versus Anthony Rendon, who's there for the team? Right. You know, you're a professional baseball player that makes $38 million a year. Your family is just fine, you know, but you've, I mean, he's he's hurt all the time. Heck, he went undrafted in our dynasty league. Nobody wanted to touch the dude, right? And he's still supposedly a good baseball player. Uh, he hadn't been a good baseball player for a while, but you know, in terms of what he said, I'm kind of torn. I think you can make comments like that and still be a good baseball player or be a basketball. Like Le- LeBron hasn't come out and said that, but he pretty much has said that. Like. Do you does anybody sitting in this room think that basketball is LeBron James' number one priority? Oh no, no, yeah. And I mean, because Not now. I don't know that it's ever been really. Uh, but it was Kobe's. Yeah, it was Michael's. It was. I mean, LeBron's number one priority is his celebrity. Yeah, his his status. His status. So I saw an interview the other day with Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward had just got drafted, and he was. Uh, Offered to or Kobe offered to work out with him or something like that, and Kobe told him where to be at seven a.m. and he said so. We went, sat around. Kobe never showed. He said so. We left, and I called him. I said Kobe, I, I was there. He said oh, so you went? And he was like, yeah. He said okay. Here's what we're gonna do tomorrow. Uh, I'll see you then. Here's the address. I'll see you then. He said the next day I show up. Kobe's already been there like an hour. just And he said, and we go hard for two hours. And he said, to Kobe, I just had to prove that I was going to do what I said. Like he, like, he told me to be in a place at a certain time, and it was like a test. And I was there. And he said, once I proved that to him, he would work with me. But until I proved it to him, and I just don't get that feel from, from, LeBron, from LeBron. I don't hear – I don't feel like people are calling him. It's like, hey – you want to work out this? You want to work out tomorrow? And he'd be like, "Yeah, sure, let's work out." Yeah, the or the, the one of my favorite Kobe stories is that like the guys were wanting him to go out, and they had a game the next day, and he goes, "You know, I I, I don't I don't want to go out. We got a game tomorrow." And they go, oh, "No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine." And he goes, "Well, it's fine." But he said, "We go out." He's like, "We're supposed to be at the gym at four, working out in the morning," and like. So they went out, and at the next morning, he's calling to wake them up, and they go, oh, no. And he goes, no, no, no. no, no. You made a deal. Yep. We're going to work out. It's 4 o'clock. Get up. Get your tail there. And, I mean, he made them go work out the night after, and he goes, we never went out anymore yeah. on nights before games. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I think he, he even talked about them drinking and stuff, too, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I mean, but they you hear about the Mamba mentality. Like, yeah. it was a mentality. I mean, yeah. listen. The dude tore his Achilles and tried to get the trainer to let him play the rest of the game. Yeah. And he was like, no, you can't, like you tore your Achilles, you can't do it. And he's like, then at least let me shoot the free throws. And he would not be carried off the court. Bro, how many times you see LeBron flop on something and he had to be carried off the court? Yeah. Yeah. You're not carrying Kobe Bryant off the court. I mean, how many football players tore their Achilles this year? Ain't none of them walked off the field. No, they got carted off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Kobe was a different animal. Yeah. Yeah, and he made both both those free throws. Yes. <laughs> Which is just nuts. And, you know, so I did tell you this earlier. In the society that we live in, and, you know, we talked about the Velveteen Dream earlier, and he came back to professional wrestling for the first time in years, and there, he's been getting a lot of negative feedback on that. The, 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 the organization, the independent organization that brought him in has been crapped on quite a bit because of that. In the society that we live on, that you're guilty until proven innocent, and even if you're proven innocent, a lot of times you're still guilty. It doesn't matter, right? The public, the court Absolutely. of public opinion, yeah, uh, is powerful. <laughs> it is quite impressive the era and time that we live in that LeBron's never been mixed up in any sort of accusations, scandals, anything. Yeah, I mean. According to a show that he got kicked off his, I guess he was suspended from playing in high school. But since he's made the league, been no issues. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, even Kobe can't say that. Kobe can't say that. Then one night in Denver. Yeah. Remember, he got that guy fired from the WWE because it was a terrible joke. Um, you all probably weren't watching that. Um, but but that only happened one time. Like, it never happened. It happened one time to Kobe, and it never happened again. Right. Uh, but LeBron, you, I mean, there, there's not even one time. Right. So. I mean, Michael can't say that. Michael can't say that. Michael, Michael had a lot of controversies. Michael left the league because of gambling debt is always the, the conspiracy. That because right. he, he had, he owed money to the mob, the mafia, and he left basketball. That's why he left basketball was because he yeah. owed them money. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that's why his father got killed, but that's neither that's neither here nor there. That's 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 a conspiracy. Yep, it's a pretty good one. A lot of people that that believe it, but I mean, so I say that also to say that I think that shows you how important LeBron's family is to him, and with his brand and his family being that important to him, basketball is not his number one priority, yeah. and I think that's okay. But don't, you know, I guess don't try to act like somebody you're not, right? Right. I mean, so if nothing else, Anthony Rendon was at least true to himself. Yeah. You know, he, yeah, I mean, basically he was like, shame on you for giving me $38 million. Like, uh-huh. like you knew that I wasn't, you know, baseball's not my number one priority. I mean, it pays the bills. That has to be one of the worst contracts ever given. Not because, worse than Bobby Bonilla's. Oh, No. That's the worst contract ever. Maybe in the history of contracts in any sport. Yeah. Shohei Otani is going to end up being a bad one. Yeah, because that's going to cost them after he's done. Ramifications forever. Yeah. Ten years at $68 million apiece. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if it works, right? Yeah, I mean, if they get a World Series out of it, that's so. – I mean, because ultimately – Rings are where it's at. If you're not winning rings, then... Right. I mean, you know, Tampa went all in a few years ago, won a Super Bowl, and, you know, it was worth it, right? All, all the all the dead cap hits and cap space that they had, that they ate this year, still made the playoffs, but it was worth it because they got a Super Bowl. Yeah. Because the money they made from that Super Bowl season was more than enough. To cover the you know the dead the dead cap that they have yeah, Griffey's got to be one of those top bad contracts too. 
Yeah, I don't know how much longer he's on the Reds. Uh, it's like six more years, I think. He's still the third highest or fourth highest player on the yeah. Reds roster and hasn't played since, what, 02, 01? But, you know, the sad part is he could probably be one of the better players on the team. I've seen that joker swing a bat. Oh, yeah. Now, his hand-eye coordination, he probably wouldn't be as fast. But, man, if he could get a hold of one, it's still one of the smoothest, sweetest swings in all of baseball. Yeah. I think it was last year he came out for hitting practice and opening day in Cincinnati, and I saw him taking batting practice. He he was still wailing on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, he's something else. Hmm. That's for sure. Interesting. (laughs) Whoop, whoop, housing house. I, I looked for that on the internet too. It's, it's not there anymore. Yeah, it's nowhere. I think somebody's bought it like Darren was talking about and wiped that joker. Yeah. So if you run a ninth division Irish soccer league and you took that from us, damn you. <laughs> and by the way, I don't know if you got any text messages other than Wes. Piss is not a cuss word. I I I did uh I did get those. As I said, it comes out your wiener. <laughs> Well, I told Sean, this totally off the subject. Nothing's off the subject on Saturdays. <laughs> At church, we have expanded hashtag podcast life to hashtag podcast life, hashtag bliss. There you go. Talking about church, what about Pastor Grant starting this past week with the limousine ride? Flare. Jet flying. Rolex wearing. Kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. Woo! And then, and instead of asking for an amen, he said, "Give me a woo." <laughs> they had the whole church go woo. And then he pulled off the god awful strut. It was a bad strut. I told him yeah. that it was a bad strut. Yeah, it was a bad strut. Like listen, and he was doing the the fours <laughs> instead of the two. You know, you know. Well, that's so. kind of a Jeff Jarrett thing, the two. Yeah. Um. And then I, <laughs> I told him, I was like. You know, when he when he did the line that said, guys wanted to be me, he didn't follow up with, and women wanted to be with me. Right. <laughs> Space Mountain, oldest ride with the longest line. <laughs> yeah. He didn't go all the way into the Ric Flair danger zone. But. Of course, you know, he had anytime you're dealing with Ric Flair, there's always negative press, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, the, the uh, Vice TV, Dark Side of the Ring about the uh, plane ride from hell – if you want to be if you want to be entertained for a long time, go Google stuff about the plane ride from hell. It was ridiculous. The stuff that I mean, there apparently was some sexual abuse of like the stewardess and stuff. I'm not condoning that, but like wrestlers choking other wrestlers out, Vince McMahon in a wrestling match in on an airplane in the middle of the like, come on, like there's some quality stuff to read about that. But that came out, and he caught he caught some negative press about that, obviously, but. People seem surprised that Ric Flair would sexually harass somebody. Like, do you know this guy? Like, my favorite Ric Flair story was Triple H said he hadn't really seen Ric Flair, right? Always a huge Ric Flair fan. He said, we were in a hotel. I went down to the bar because that's what what wrestlers do. And he said, I saw a crowd of people gathered around. He's like, what's going on? He walked over. He said, I saw Ric Flair in nothing but his loafers with a helium balloon tied to his wiener. And he said, it was at that moment that I knew every story I'd heard about this man was absolutely true. (laughs) Like, 
Talk about a first impression. And how confident are you of yourself that you're just going to walk around in your loafers and a balloon tied to your wiener? Holding it up, apparently. I mean, Triple H has some stories. Yeah, because, listen, Triple H rode with these guys, and the reason he did was because he didn't drink or do drugs. So he was the DD. He can tell some stories now. Yeah. I mean, he basically saved Shawn Michaels' life. And saved all their lives. Like, he would go in and turn Shawn Michaels over so he wouldn't die choking on his vomit. Yeah. Every two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's some crazy stories, man. Ridiculous. But that was a whole different time. Like, that. I know, like I say, a whole different time. Now they all play video games and they're all friends. Well, so, like, I know I say a whole different time. I mean, we're talking 30 years ago, right? But you go back even further than that when they were, you know, Ric Flair, Harley Race got pulled over one time with a midget riding in his lap. They were <laughs> they were both naked. It's like, what the <laughs> what? He had a midget riding in his lap. Well, you, did you watch? Did you hear the story where Sheik and um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan were riding together and they were both high and drinking, and they got pulled over, and they thought, well. Nobody's going to know. It's not going to get that big. And Hacksaw calls his wife, and she goes, it's all over the news. Because people were driving by going, look, it's Hacksaw Jim Duggins and the Iron Sheik together. And they were supposed to wrestle at WrestleMania against each other, and they were riding together. But that was prior to the curtain being pulled back. And, you know, because then bad guys were bad guys and good guys were good guys all the time. Wait a minute. Didn't we talk about... A show? Episode two. Episode two. The curtain call. Yeah. And it ruined professional wrestling. Yeah. Because from that moment on, you were like, huh, so they really don't hate each other. Right. Which makes makes it really hard for, you know, which doesn't make it hard, but that's what MJF is, right? Like, MJF still wants to live that persona, but it's like to the point now that people want him to insult them. Like... It's like going. What's that restaurant that you go to? Dirty that, Dicks. That Dicks Last Resort. Yeah, yeah. Dirty yeah. Dicks Last Resort or something. Yeah. yeah, where they insult you the entire time. Well, and you got to wear a cap that says, yeah. you yeah. know, and they write stupid stuff. Well, on so it. there, I saw. <laughs> I said, guy had a uh, guy had a uh, no, a woman had a hat on that says I, I blow chunks, and the guy had a hat on that says Hi, I'm chunks. <laughs> 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 Just like. I feel like I would be really good working at a restaurant like that. Uh, yeah, I, I feel could, like I'd be really good. Yeah, you'd be like the. Uh, I'd be like the like the waiter that people like. I want that guy to, to right. make fun of me. Yeah, you you would be good at that. I think I, maybe maybe in my next life, <laughs> so, I'm gonna. So in my next life, I legitimately am gonna drive a tour bus. Have I told you that? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm gonna drive a tour bus. <laughs> okay. Why not? You get to see the country. Get all your stuff paid for. Be rude to people like you're driving this like fifty three foot tour bus like honk at them like get like no I'll run you off the road because you know I got road well, rage you definitely got road rage that's for yeah, sure so, like now you put me behind a a, a fifty three foot coach you, you probably would run them off the road I probably would Rubin's racing isn't that what Dale Earnhardt always said you right. customize your wheels with them big spikes that come outside yeah. and you just hit the button and those spikes go Mad out. Max just, style yeah just shave right down the side of their yeah. car yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, have I ever told you all that I love pro wrestling? A couple times. Once or twice. 
I love pro wrestling. Yeah. And I love, I don't know if you know this or not, I'm an old school guy. I love old school pro wrestling. And I love stories. Like, like are, they, are they dumb? Yes. But I still love them. I know that WWE used to do the uh, story time. Have you all ever watched any of those on when? It, I don't know. They have them on Peacock. The but they little, used to, the little cartoon. They thing. used to have them on the network. And one of my favorite ones is Bruce Pritchard was riding with Dusty Rhodes shortly after Dusty signed with the WWE. And uh, Dusty Rhodes said he's the second. Do your Dusty Rhodes. Hold on. I'm gonna tell you what's that. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna tell you what to say. And you gotta say. It. Dusty Rhodes said he was the second most most uh, recognizable athlete in the world behind Muhammad Ali. As the second most recognizable athlete behind Muhammad Ali. Right. So he said that. And and he said, Bruce Pritchard said, I had to listen to this the entire ride. He said, well, we got pulled over. And Dusty was like, it's okay. I got this. I got this. And he's like, no, Dusty, just sit there. Cop comes up to Bruce Pritchard. He's driving. And he's like, license, registration. He's like, he looked at him and he goes, aren't you brother love? And he was like. As a pro wrestler, you never really know how this is going to go. They're either a fan or they think wrestling's stupid. And he said, so I'm always cautious of, do I say yes or do I say no? And he said, so I said yes. He was like, I thought so. I thought I recognized you. Ends up getting an autograph. A cop comes up to Dusty's side and, and he looks at Dusty and he's like, are you a wrestler too? And he was like, I'm the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And he's like, huh, never heard of you. <laughs> and so he, they end up getting, and he said, Dusty, just, I mean, you can see the red go, smoke coming out of his ears, right? And uh, so they get off, right? Because they don't get a ticket. And Bruce said, I pull off and I look at him and like, second most recognizable athlete in the world behind Muhammad Ali, huh? <laughs> and he said, Dusty never. Let me live that down. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Bruce Because, I mean, of all people, I mean, you know, but you think about it. When Brother Love was on, he was on TV. I love you. I mean, he was on TV, and you didn't see Dusty Rhodes on TV a lot. Well. That was, he was, that was really good, Brother, it, brother Love. Thank you. Um, also... Brother Love was the the original manager of The Undertaker. Yep. That only lasted like a day or two. Yeah. They realized real quick that he, he wasn't the right fit for that. Right. But, so, but, but I mean, you're right. WWE had that market cornered. Yeah. Of course, you didn't watch NWA unless you were in the South. Yeah. You watched WWE everywhere. Yeah. So, Brother Love probably. But, honestly... How many people would would be able to look in a car and be like, your brother love? Not many. Right. I would. You you all probably would. You all would probably be able to recognize Bruce Pritchard out of character. But just an average wrestling fan wouldn't. So, like, it's remarkable even that the police officer knew who brother love was. Yeah. But I mean, you would think most pe- more people would know who Dusty is, but you know, Dusty never had the face like Magnum TA. Yeah. Magnum TA had the physique, had everything, but he never would have made it in Connecticut, as they call it, 
because they bladed too much. Yeah. They had those deep cuts, and Dusty was the same way. Yeah. He, he had a likable character, but he was never going to be the guy for Vince McMahon. Yeah. Never going to be the guy. And and the older the older Dusty got, the more, like, blue his head was, yeah. you, you know, because you could literally see where he'd cut himself so many times. Well, Abdullah the Butcher can stick quarters in the gashes in his head. Ugh. Like, not flat, sticking out, like stack them in there. That's how yeah. deep the cuts are in his head. For it. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we don't see that stuff anymore. Well, I mean, while we're on wrestling, I, I wrote something on here. Why have we not had any Hall of Fame announcements yet? I don't know. But we got to get through the Elimination Chamber first. Yeah, but I mean, normally we start getting them January-ish. Uh, it's usually four or five weeks out. So, we got to get through Saturday. And I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get a Hall of Fame induction on Monday Night Raw. Monday or Friday after this Saturday's Elimination Chamber. Um, I feel like we're... So, I've heard lots of names thrown out. Um, Lex Luger is a is a common name that I've heard. Uh, I've also heard Miss Elizabeth. Uh, Miss Elizabeth. Um, Mickey James. I've heard um, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a given. It has to be, right? Uh, but I've also seen maybe the Wyatt family, the original Wyatt family. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, Brody's dead too. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the, that the original Wyatt family gets in. I think Bray definitely does. Um, and then I've heard that the headliner may be Dave Batista. I thought he got in like two years ago. I don't think so. Huh. I thought he was the COVID year. I don't think it ever went through. Oh. I don't think they ever did it. Gotcha. Because remember, he came back and 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 wanted one more match with... Give me what I want! Yeah. You know what I want! <laughs> yeah, that was... He was spitting everywhere. Yeah. He had spittles going everywhere. Yeah. He choked out Ric Flair. Remember, he drug him and Ric Flair's face turned blood red? Yeah. Because he was choking to death? Yes. And it turned into a terrible match. Well, I mean, yeah. That's why, I mean, people are calling for Triple H and The Rock again. Like, nobody wants you to You realize see that. Triple H can't wrestle. Like, he'll die. Yeah. He has a heart condition. He will die. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, he's not doing that. No. They're also saying the only man that can come back and help Cody Rhodes against The Rock is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't see that happening. I don't either, but. Fun fact, Macho Man Randy Savage lost his world titles in WWF and WCW to two people. Every time he lost them to one of two people, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. It's pretty impressive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, two of the greatest. Absolutely. So... Did you see the TikTok I sent you? Uh, that Snoop, I think, is the guy's name. But he like he'll put four pictures up and says who's the most overrated or one has to go or whatever. So the other day, and I this said the one that had the Ultimate Warrior on it. No, no, this is a different. One. I said this was really tough. So you have to eliminate one moment from history, and it was the Austin three sixteen promo, and it was Hulk Hogan promo after joining the NWO. 
where the NWO was full. That's the only two choices? That's the only two choices. That's tough. I, I would say if you had to eliminate one, it would have to be the Hulk Hogan promo. I would agree. Yeah, because without the, the 316, there is no Austin. And and that defined his entire career. And he's yeah. the biggest draw, money-wise, yeah. in pro wrestling history. So you can't get rid of Austin 316. Right. Right, because, I mean, Hogan already had a career before he ever made that promo. Right. But it is a hard choice. It's a hard choice. But, because you could make a case either way. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, on the, on the flip side with – with Hogan, it revitalized his career. Yes, because his career... Actually, I, I wish there was a podcast somewhere that would talk about potentially Hulk Hogan turning heel, let's say around... Throw me a date, Darren. Well, you know, if Hogan were to turn heel... I mean, uh, what, around the date that episode one. Well, you talk like 1992? 92, something like maybe that. Royal, yeah. Royal Rumble, roughly 1992? <laughs> I mean, if I was just... Just throwing a date out there for Hogan to turn heel. I mean, that seems like a good day. I I, I can't believe there's not a podcast that has talked about that. Is, I, is there a podcast that talks about that? I, I don't know. It's probably the same one that talked about Austin 316 and how it come about. Probably the same one that talked about uh, the curtain call. Probably the same one that did the, the still argued to this day top 50 list. <laughs> we offended some people. Yeah. Dan's one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Bushwhackers he, didn't he make didn't it. He didn't want to be friends with me anymore the because we didn't put the Bushwhackers on there. You know, Luke and Butch, they they licked each other's head. They deserved it. I've also seen the Nasty Boys uh, as potential Hall of Famers. Yeah. I mean, do they really deserve the Hall of Fame? Ha, I don't ha, think so. Ha, well, speaking of tag team and Nasty Boys, have you seen that Jimmy Hart has... What's the comeback advantage? Yeah. Pretty deadly. Yeah. Do we want to? Yeah, baby, yeah, 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 baby. I mean, do we not? No, we don't. He'd be really good with with Pretty Deadly, though. Uh, maybe. I'd rather see Jim Cornette come back as a manager. Why do we not have managers anymore? Because we changed from male managers and female valets to female managers, and then they just became eye candy. Yeah. So like they they didn't they didn't really bring anything other than somebody to look at. I mean we I, I know um, Paul Ellering is basically back, but I think he just stands there. He does like he's not doing anything. Well, anymore. but I mean even when he was with the Road Warriors, like you're the freaking manager of the Road Warriors. How much work do you have to do? <laughs> right. The roof literally blows off the place every time they come out. Yeah, they call it a Road Warrior pop for a reason. Yeah. Like, I don't even count him as a manager. Like, that's why he's never in the top, like, five greatest managers of all time. Right. Because you manage the freaking Road Warriors. Yeah. Who technically didn't even need a manager. No. I mean, Sonny also managed the Road Warriors. Like, what did... That's where your first set of eye candy came from. Sonny was the was the first. I mean, no, I will that argue... That was some great candy. I will argue that it was Miss Elizabeth. Go back and watch SummerSlam 1989. All I'm telling you, where she unleashed the this, this secret weapon. Do you know what the secret weapon is? She got on the apron and took her yellow skirt off. I remember that. And was in 
I mean, essentially was red bathing suit bottoms. Yeah. But for 1989, it's a major deal. Yeah. But I would say I would say that Miss Elizabeth and somebody that is oftentimes overlooked, Sensational Sherry was a heck of a manager. Yeah. Heck of a manager. I wouldn't classify her as much eye candy. No, but she was good. Like she was good at her role. She was great. Yeah. At that. I mean, think about what she did for Shawn Michaels' career. Yeah. And then was with the Macho King when he turned when he turned heel. Yeah. And got rid of Miss Elizabeth for for a while. Yeah. Until Miss Elizabeth came back and saved him. Right. Yeah, that was that was big time because. Sherry Martell was beating the crap out of the monster. And I was like, I go back and watch this. I'm like, I'm expected to believe that Sherry Martell is punting uh, Randy Savage in the ribs hard enough for him to, like, flop up in the air and roll over. Like, really? He was selling it the way he was supposed to, right? Yeah, but now that the curtain's been pulled back and I don't look at wrestling the same way anymore, I'm like, come on, that's not even believable. (laughs) You sound like watching wrestling with Elizabeth right now. Miss Elizabeth? She's dead. Yeah, yeah, my wife. Miss oh, Liz. you're talking about Miss Liz. Yeah. You're not talking about Miss Elizabeth. So. Miss Liz. Miss Liz. So, that's a lot of pro wrestling talking. I don't know that we're done with pro wrestling talk. It may come up later. The last two weeks, it's been a heavy dose of pro well, listen, wrestling. We're on the road to WrestleMania. You're going to get pro wrestling a lot. Look, I think it's pretty well established at this point. And at our core, we're a wrestling podcast. We are. and But... Like, the majority of our listens are coming on our coaches' show anyways. So why not talk about what we want to on this show? I mean, I've been that way all along. Yeah. One of the first things when we stopped talking about wrestling, we talked about sports. You're like, I don't know. Should we do it? And I was like, it's our podcast. We'll talk about whatever the hell we want to. (laughs) And if nobody wants to listen, middle finger salute. Yeah. I enjoy doing it. Are you getting laughs? Absolutely. Is Darren chuckling? Yeah, <laughs> that's all that matters right now. I'm we're talking to a, a crowd of three right now, just the three of us. Just the three, three of us. We can make it if we try. <laughs> just the three of us, you, you, and I. <laughs> <laughs> so, your girl did something impressive. Yeah, yeah, your 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 girl did. Caitlin Clark Kuiper. Oh. Did we not say that earlier? I don't even remember. No. <laughs> we went to Larry Bird, and then you said, I have this down as a possible talk later. Is it weird we haven't got any Hall of Fame announcements? And then we went down a whole rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Caitlin Clark broke the record, scoring record. But, you know, Jay Will is out there saying she's not that great a player because she doesn't have any titles. Yeah. How many titles does Jay Will have? I don't know. He only played one year at Duke. Zero then. And he didn't win the National Out of Duke, and then he got in a motorcycle wreck and killed himself. Yeah. He wouldn't have won any in the NBA either. What about him? What about his comments about Kentucky? Did you see that? <laughs> Is he wrong with those comments, though? Did you see it? He said Kentucky's the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, I did. <laughs> Is he wrong? I don't I don't think so. No. They build Absolutely up, not. They hype him up every year, and they just flounder away. I mean, you look at it, it's like he's, and then you got arrogant Cal coming out after the Auburn game, and like leave my leave my players alone. Don't talk, say nothing about, about my players. Talking about like he's throwing out the and, he, and he's just taking shot after shot. Like you're you're 
You're pushing your fan base further away. What is your problem, man? He's got that um, king-type mentality. Listen, here's the deal. Nobody is bigger than the sport. Any sport. John Calipari is not bigger than the game of basketball. He may think he is in his mind, but he's not. He definitely thinks he is. And it's like, listen, Caitlin Clark, anytime you score the number of points that she scored, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, we talk about our coach show all the time. Scoring 1,000 points for a high school kid is a big deal. Yeah. Travis Perry broke the all-time King Kelly Coleman's scoring record. That was a big deal. Yeah. How long did that record stand? For a really long yeah, time. What was it, like the 60s? Maybe even before that. Yeah. By the way, we looked up King Kelly Coleman. I didn't realize he had the career. We, we, we were yeah. on our way to Columbus. Yeah. I didn't realize he had the career yet. Also, didn't realize he was white. Right. You had the girl, was it Western Kentucky, that just hit 3,000 points in high school. Really? Uh where did she play, Sean? I sent it to you week before last because we talked about making her dog of the week. Mm. Um, I don't remember. I'll have to look it up again. Well, that's a lot for high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the Bath County girl on here a couple weeks ago. She broke. She's a well. She's trekking towards getting to the school record. There over twenty five hundred points. She already has the female record. Right, she's uh, going for overall school record. Yeah. But listen, these we forgot to promote that on the on the coaching. We did forget we were going to be at the Bath County that we were there actually. Yeah, because it's in the past tense at this point because right. this is Saturday. Um, anytime, listen, Jay Will, my if I was Caitlin Clark, I'd look at it. What records have you ever broken? Yeah, sit down and shut up. I mean, and she could come back next year if she wants. She's got a COVID year. I wouldn't go then. I wouldn't go the WNBA. I mean, she's she's fun to watch. I mean, you got that one girl at UConn that's coming back for like her twenty seventh year. <laughs> she's been there forever. <laughs> she's not been there that long. She's the Ron Slay of women's I mean, basketball. She's been around the same time as uh, Caitlin has. She's just been hurt. Ron Slay was at Tennessee for a very long time. He was. Him and his goofy headband. Every time you saw a Tennessee game against Kentucky, it's like, how many years does Ron Slay have left? <laughs> he had to graduate with at least three masters. That's funny. But Jason Williams is a joke. Yep. He's a joke. I've told you all before, the only legitimate NBA person on ESPN that I listen to is J.J. Redick. <laughs> and they don't, he don't mind speaking his mind. No. Does not mind, and it's like you got who was that big goofy guy, tall, played center, um, Perkins. No, Kendrick Perkins is an idiot. Oh, he falls asleep on air. Um, no, uh, light skinned guy. Uh, he was the one you see the sound bite. He's the one that wasn't even going to uh, consider Kobe and Michael for the greatest of all time. Said, and uh, he said he said Le- LeBron's the greatest basketball player of all time, and Shaq was like. You're not even going to consider Kobe and Michael? He goes, I'm skipping past Kobe. Uh, I give Michael consideration, but it's still LeBron. I don't know who's And that. he, like, they all, like, were, like, and at one point, um, 
I can't think of his name. I can see his face. At, at one point uh, in a different conversation, Stephen A. said, okay, rookie, sit down and shut up. You've had your time to talk. <laughs> and, then, and, uh, and then Stephen A. and Max Kellerman started just drilling him. Yeah. Uh, I'll think of that guy's name at some point. But, like, you weren't, like, yes, you get paid to do a job. But they shouldn't be terrible takes. Right. Like, they shouldn't be awful. Yeah. So, well, we got the NFL free agency getting ready to open up. Yeah. You expecting any major movement? I mean, I'm hearing Kansas City attached to Mike Evans a lot. I've heard Kansas City and Buffalo attached to him a lot. Uh, Tampa Bay was unable to reach a deal with him um, before, and they actually took more dead cap space. Yeah. Uh, But... They're hoping that once it opens up and they see the market, that they can get them back at a yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I'm telling you, I still think he's in Tampa. Like I don't know how Tampa lets him go. Yeah, um, I'm also seeing. I'm expecting Calvin Ridley to be on the move because if this is weird, if. Jacksonville re-signs him. They have to give Atlanta their second-round pick. Yeah. Um, so that's one of them weird deals that, you know, however that, that panned out. So then you're like, uh, do we really want to give away our second-round pick? You know, but I think I think you'd almost have to re-sign him. But, I mean, Calvin Ridley has also been rumored to go to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are They're in the a, market for a number one wide receiver. Um, which I'm not really – Sure, that I love that with my Rasheed Rice play, but but it's a it's a wide receiver for Kansas City. He's still going to get the ball. Yeah, um, I've been hearing a lot lately. Kirk Cousins to the Falcons. I've he that is the number one destination. Um, and then uh, from what I've heard, and apparently your boy Justin Fields, Pittsburgh. I I don't think so. I I I don't think it's going to be them. Who do you? I mean, do you, he he unfollowed. Chicago on all his. I, I I think he's getting traded. So where do you think he goes? I have I have heard a lot of different locations. Um, I I, I think I <coughs> I think a lot of it rides on the fact of the kind of offer that the Bears get. I mean, I, I here's here's my take on it. If the Bears are not going to draft Caleb Williams, they just will stay pat. Because they're they're drafting Caleb Williams though. Yeah, because I I don't I don't I don't see them taking some sort of a deal to fall back one spot and settle for Drake May, which could be the the best quarterback in the class, or even Jaden Daniels, which is my thought is the best quarterback in the draft, and I'm, I'm one of the few that think that. And But I was also one of the few that thought that C.J. Stroud was the best quarterback in the draft last I year. I also thought that. Yeah. So I think Bo Nix is the best quarterback in the draft. I think Bo Nix is a wild card. I think his landing spot means a lot, and I think that's Denver. I think Denver has got Bo Nix written all over it. I um, like Bo Nix with Sean Payton. Yeah. Um J.J. McCarthy's getting a lot of love. I think J.J. McCarthy ends up in – I'm still going to call him Oakland. I think he ends up in Oakland. Yeah, well, see, I've seen 
I've seen the rumor of a gigantic trade offer for, to Chicago for them to move up to number one, Oakland. Well, listen, nobody's moving up to number one to take J.J. McCarthy. Right. Whoever picks number one is taking Caleb Williams. Well, you would think. Because, yeah. and, and and I've told you all along. Because, I mean, why, Washington's not going to move up one spot to still take Drake May. Well, so, here's the, and, and I've told you all along, like, if Chicago values Marvin Harrison Jr. as the number one player in the draft, then trade back to second or third, get you a haul, and still get the player you want. Yeah. So I, that's the trade that I saw. I saw this trade the other day, and to me, makes a lot of sense. The Bears trade Justin Fields and number nine to the Patriots for their number three. So they would get one and three, and the Patriots get Justin Fields and nine, and maybe uh, there was other parts and pieces, but that was the main portion of it. And then, you know, and then someone said something about like, well, you know, if they trade him to the Steelers, Steelers at twenty. So the argument was, would you rather have one nine and twenty, or one and three? I mean, I'm taking one and three, and I'm taking Harrison and Caleb. I am too. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna pair them up, because at twenty, you've got more of a a coin toss on a player. Well, and then you do somewhere, and with them being first round draft picks, arguably two the two best players in the draft, you have the chance there to. I mean, you got that fifth year option on them, right? So, like in five years, you're gonna know what the heck you have. Yeah. Yeah, and you technically still have two years left on on uh, Fields. Yeah, Fields. I just hope Fields lands in the right I, spot. I think the other option. I mean, <coughs> I mean, could can the Bears take Caleb and then at nine get Roma Duze, right? Or I don't think Malik Neighbors will still be there. I think Malik Neighbors will be gone before nine. But I think you got three wide receivers that are going in the top nine. There's no way the Bears do not take Roma Duze if he's sitting there at nine. Well, so. I think I've heard the three wide receivers in the top nine. I've also heard four quarterbacks in the top eight. Yeah. So if you look at that, in the top nine, we're talking seven of the nine players being either a quarterback or a wide receiver. And Brock Bowers. And Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is probably going to go to the Chargers. So it's like. Because they've got the wide receivers, they've got the quarterback, and then watch out for uh, uh, Frank Gore Jr. to the Chargers. Because. Harbaugh had daddy when he was at the 49ers. He could probably still sign daddy. He's probably still playing. Yeah. Well, Frank Gore Jr. is really good. So, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces that are going to happen in just a couple weeks in, in pro football, and that's going to, you know, that'll be a lot for us to talk about moving forward. But, um, man, I'm, I love the free agency period. Like, like I love it. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of wheeling and dealings that go on. Um, I think Saquon Barkley also has a new home next year. That could also be the Chargers. I've seen um, that rumor, which I would love that. I have seen Baltimore. I do not love that. Um, and then they share the ball too much in Baltimore. Well, but Dobbins is going to leave. Like the only person that looks like he's going to have to share with would be would be Lamar. Because I mean, if you're going to go get Saquon, he's your every down back. I mean, you're you're not. Well, you would think. Um, and I've also heard that it looks potentially Eckler may find a new home, right? Yeah, I don't think they're not going to resign him. Um, 
And then is Derrick Henry to Dallas a sure thing? Oh, I don't know. I hadn't heard that. Is Derrick Henry going to be a free agent too? Yes. Hmm. And they're not going to re-sign Derrick Henry. I wouldn't think so. I mean, they, they, they've they used gonna, all of Derrick they're Henry. Gonna, they're going to rely on Tajay Spears. Yeah. Uh, the only two places I've heard rumored for Derrick Henry is Dallas. That's the number one place. That, like, it's at it's this a point, Jerry Jones thing to do, to at, sign a guy that's over the hill. Right. Uh, I've also heard Tampa in play for Derrick Henry. I really like Derrick Henry to Tampa as a third-down power back for, for, for Rashad White. Yeah. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense. Well, you talk about stealing some touchdowns from Rashad White. It would kill his fantasy value. Listen, I'd go get me a Derrick Henry jersey today. <laughs> you, you, you're a big jersey guy, that's I for sure. I love Tampa jerseys. So, so but back I up su- just Back up just a minute. I finally found this. It is uh, Gracie Howard Christian Fellowship School in Benton, which is down by Paducah. And she became the... Region 1, girls and boys, all-time leading scorer at 31-43. That's a lot of points. That's a lot Heck of yeah. points. Yeah. I mean, let's say she played. What would you, you, you say that was? 31-43. She's a senior? She's a senior. So she's played since she was in seventh grade. 31-43. Sure. I mean, that's almost 500 points a year. Yeah. If she started with in the seventh grade. No, actually, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's over 500 points a year. It's it's 523 points a year. Yeah. If she started in If she started grade. as a seventh grader, and she almost had to have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I really love free agency in any sport. Football is my favorite. It it, it 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 seems to be the more impactful. I mean, because Tampa proved. I mean, we still have free agency going in baseball. There's, guy, there's big guys – that have not been signed in baseball, and we're less than a month from the season start. Cody Bellinger. I was getting ready to say Cody Bellinger. If the I got Cubs don't team. re-sign Cody Bellinger, like, what are you doing? Sign the dude, man. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's not been signed. Blake Snell's not been signed. Yeah. I did get a notification today they were back at the table. So. Cubs and Cody Bellinger. Um, I mean. They need to sign him. Tampa shows you what going out and signing a player can do. Yeah, well, and I mean, the Bears are the biggest watch of this of this offseason. They they hold a lot of the cards. If and I mean, look, this is the year, and, and I say that like I don't expect Caleb Williams to lead the Bears to the Super Bowl in his rookie year, but Ryan Poles and Uberflus. You better nail this draft yep. in this offseason. You got $66 million in cap space, the third most of any team. You better nail it. You you, you got to get another wide receiver. You got to get the quarterback right. I'm not sold on the fact that Justin Fields is, is not the guy. He's got a lot of talent, man. Justin Fields has a lot of and, talent. And I'm, I, I kind of root for him. So – Let's talk about some of those landing spots that you, they, they, that you hear. Let's look at Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is a great landing spot for That's, him. I was going to ask, do you think Pittsburgh is a good landing I mean, spot for Justin Fields? I mean, I'm hearing that they are going to stick with Pickett, but I think that's a mistake. How can you stick with Kenny Pickett? I mean, you, you just hired Ar, uh, Arthur Smith as your OC, 
who's known for running the ball. You put Harris and Samuel and Fields in the backfield. I mean, you got a three-headed monster there. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> uh. And, you know, I mean, I think the Patriots are still in play. Do you think that's a good fit? Well, I mean, Belichick's gone now. I know. But they so. got Gerard Mayo. I think that all depends on who the OC is going to be. I I don't like I I don't like the Patriots. I mean, because ultimately, just like I always say, like you don't want to be the guy that follows the guy. But so all right, so say Cousins walks. Cousins is a better fit in New England than Justin Fields. Well, no, I mean, if Cousins walks, is is Fields to Minnesota an option? Uh, I think Michael Penix Jr. is who Minnesota wants. See, I think that's Seattle. I think Seattle's going to roll with Geno Smith for one more year. So, but if you're going to draft somebody in the top eight or ten, you're going to play them like like. Well, like and they didn't do that with Mahomes. He said a year. Yeah, but Alex Smith was better than Geno Smith. The only reason I say that is is because Grub, the OC for Washington, went to Seattle as the OC. So I feel like that that could be in play. I thought the enemy was the – oh, you're talking about University of Washington. Yeah, the, the University of Washington okay. OC went to Seattle. You're not talking about Redskins, Washington. No. The <clears throat> enemy wound up not being placed. It, there's some big-name coaches that haven't got jobs. I mean, obviously, uh, Vrabel's going to the booth or going to be an analyst on ESPN or something. I mean, he's not going to be coaching, which blows my mind. Because when he got fired, we were all like, well, who, he's got to be one of the top guys on the board. He had to be. And he so then never even got a sniff. He must be. They're, like, they're wiping out the Patriot way. And that could be very well what, what it is. Like, they're wiping it out. Yeah. Because it doesn't work. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what Adam Muncy tries to convince you of, Belichick benefited from Tom Brady. What are they doing? They're buying it all up, wiping it away. <laughs> They're crisping walling the Patriot way. Yeah. Well, I mean, McDaniels doesn't have a job. Well, he's trash. Well, I, I, I get that. But, I mean, like, he could have went back to the Patriots. Well, not now. Not when, not so when I his guess, money trained I up. guess technically the Patriots have that last grasp of hope with Gerard Mayo as the Patriot way. But the the tree, the all the little branches of the Belichick tree, the only one left is Mayo, and he's also closet racist. I think he's not closet racist. He's straight up racist. Yeah, I mean, he even just straight up said it. I think Jaden Daniels is the quarterback for New England next year. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, my fear is a guy that's talented like um, Justin Fields. If he's not careful, we'll be on the outside look, look, looking in. There's a lot of teams. It's so funny. It's like all these good quarterbacks that have come through over the years, and we still have half the league that needs a quarterback. Right. That goes to show you how important and overinflated the rookie quarterbacks are. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it goes to the simple, like – you rewind back to the the Patrick Mahomes draft where you had Baker Mayfield go one, Trubisky go two, but you've got Patrick Mahomes, Jared Allen, I mean uh, Josh Allen, 
and Lamar Jackson, who are all going to three, all three going to be Hall of Famers that all go at 10, 11, and, and 32. 30, or 30, yeah, yeah. And it was Baltimore that traded back into the round to, to get, get Lamar it. Jackson. Yeah. Like, what was seen at one and two? So, like, like that go. still blows my mind that the Bears did not pick Deshaun Watson. This is that was who I wanted. This is a, a, a clip that I've seen across TikTok about every day for the past two weeks. The movie Trouble with the Curve. I love that movie. Clint Eastwood, and he tells him not to draft Bo Gentry yeah. because he can't hit the curveball. Yeah. And Matthew Lillard's character was like. He's a five-tool player that can change the dynamic of a franchise for the next ten years. Yeah. And they draft him. And then they bring in Peanut Boy, as Bo Gentry calls him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, Rigoberto Sanchez. Yeah, and it's like and, – and then the owner says, Jesus Christ, he knows what's coming and he still can't hit it. How did we miss this? And he looked at Matthew Lillard's character. Yeah. And he was just doing everything he could not to make eye contact. Well, and, and and Clint Eastwood's character is like, you haven't been on a field in years. Get out from behind your computer. And he goes, we're supposed to make the number one pick with what you heard and what your daughter, a girl, saw. Yeah. You know. And then he looks like he goes, that's what you call trouble with a curve. Actually, I think he said, hey, asshole. Or was it jackass? jackass. Hey, jackass. I would, I would. That's what you call trouble with the curve. And, I mean, when the owner looks at him and is like, Jesus Christ, he knows what's coming and he still can't hit it. Yeah. And then after that, when they're back up, and they, the, the, the one kid where he had talked about it, he goes, he needs to see his folks. He goes, he went five for five again last night, and he's been on a terror since he saw his folks. Yeah, well, how long, how, what or what that cost the company to put his family up and, 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 and keep them in the hotel? And he looks at him and goes, you're fired. Man. You're fired. <laughs> Well, because he said, but I bought a boat. <laughs> if this doesn't work, then fire me. Yeah. But I say that to say, we got a lot of bad scouts. How many scouts aren't getting out and watching? Yeah. They're just sitting behind a, a, a screen and watching tape. Like, if Tom Brady, and I hate to I hate to continue to reference him, has it, like, there's intangibles that you can't see on tape that you only get by going out and talking to guys and, like. Well, look at Brock Purdy. Yeah. So he was Mr. Irrelevant. He was, but do you know why? Too small, probably. They wanted to sign him as a free agent at post draft. They weren't not. They were not going to be able to sign him because I guess either he didn't want to, he didn't want to sign with them, or he was going to sign somewhere else. And and Kyle Shanahan was like, well, if we if we want him, we got to draft him with this last pick. So they drafted him with the last pick. He took him to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game in back to back years, and he was the last pick. Yeah. Of the draft. It's like, how do you... Well, I mean, thinking the NBA, how did people miss on Steph Curry? His size. But Steph Curry, before Steve Kerr... I mean, he's still a pretty good shooter, though. Yeah, but he would have never had the career that he had with But then on the flip side, you got guys like Anthony Bennett being drafted number one by the Cleveland like And out of the league in less than two years. It's like... How do you miss that? That whole draft was terrible, though. It was. But, I mean, if you go back and redraft Anthony Bennett, you could find somebody quality there at number one. You got me. I'm curious now. Because I, I know we got to wrap up, so. 
So, while you're looking, possible MLB expansion. Yeah. They're going to add two teams. I'm hearing, like, Nashville's almost a, a definite. And Las Vegas has to be one, right? Well, I mean, they don't want the A's. Right. But the the other, uh, the, the Salt Lake City is the two top, is the other team. Really? Yeah. But that's a small, it's a small town. Does know. Nashville, three hours away, right? Yeah. Does does that? I mean, do you think that would steal some fans from the Reds in the in the, in this area? I don't think so. I mean, I don't really root for the Reds. Do you root for the Reds there? No. I think I think it's far enough away. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of in the middle of. He laughs. So who 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 did they miss on? Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, in all fairness, when Giannis was drafted. He was a project. He was a project. Yeah. I mean, they took him, what, 13th? 15th, something F- like that. But, yeah. So, they yeah, took 15th. him, but he was still a project. He had Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo, Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Lynn, miss. Nerlens Noel, decent defensive career. Ben McLemore, miss. Kentavious uh, Caldwell-Pope, he's still active. Trey Burke, still active. C.J. McCollum, good player. Michael Carter-Williams, out. Stephen Williams had a really good career. Kelly Olenek had a good career. I mean, just like – I mean, he played for a long time. Shabazz Muhammad, miss. Then Giannis. Then – So, I mean, some dude if we, if we redraft that, Giannis there. is the no-doubt number one pick. Yeah. And then C.J. McCollum, Rudy, probably number two. Rudy Gobert is in here, He's too. probably three. Yeah. Like, so just – you gotta get out. And Rudy like, Gobert goes at twenty-seven. You you gotta get out and look at these guys, man. Yeah, it, it's not all about film. It's not about film. It's the 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 curse and the blessing that sites like Max Preps and Huddle well, have and you created. Heard, I was You're say, getting more exposure to somebody that plays for like a Minifee or a Montgomery County that you couldn't you wouldn't even know to come see. But right. at the same time, you know. We've talked about it a bunch of times. Movie draft day. Who come to his birthday party? How yeah. many of his teammates come to? You don't learn that kind of stuff unless you physically go out and watch somebody. Right. Yeah. See how they act when the camera's not on. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Out on and, the court, they and it also shows you on. how important. How important. Listen to me. I can't even talk. Words how important. Um, how important. Scouting is to any professional franchise. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, even at the college level now, how many times you look at the the number one class I think of for Kentucky was the um, um, Alex Poitras, um Who who's the other guy? The guy that uh, the sh- shooter he sabotaged the team. Uh, but you know the class I'm talking about. Yes. If West was sitting here, if Rolodex was here, he would be able to tell me. But, uh, like, that was supposed to be a really good class. And it just wasn't. Yeah. Because I don't care what star rating you have. It doesn't mean anything. Well, I mean, talking to the girls even on the volleyball show, you know. Was that the Shay class? No. No. No, that was before Shay. They, uh. You know, they're both on club teams, you know. But um, it, 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 the club teams is different. 
right? So you, all these ball players are on these club teams. They're all on travel teams. They're all on AAU teams. And, you know, next week we get to interview Daniel Orton, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to have him on our coaches show. Yeah, the Daniel Orton is going to be on our coaches show live from the CRC studios. Um, I mean, but wouldn't it be the the commissary? Kellwell commissary. Kellwell commissary. Roadshow. Roadshow. Yeah. Roadshow. Yeah. yeah, it will be. Um, hashtag podcast life. Hashtag blessed. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, he coaches AAU. So it'll be a really good opportunity for us to be able to, you know, kind of pick that side of the brain. And, you know, I – I think it'll be fun, but I mean, you're even those girls. They said that it's it's different, right? Uh-huh. The the coaching's different. The 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 refereeing is different. Uh, all all of that stuff, even in volleyball, it's different, right? And so, but you get these guys. It a lot of times, it's about the name on the back of the jersey. Mm-hmm. That's where we're getting to. And, you know, the the more that it goes on, the worse it's going to get. Oh, I, w- I would agree. Uh, nope, it's, it's the next year. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm curious as to uh, who sabotaged the team. Feel, just feel space right now. Just keep okay. talking feel space. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, Archie Goodwin. Yes. That kid couldn't hit a free throw to save his life, but, but he, he sabotaged draw them all. He he sabotaged the team. Aren't you good? That was the Nerland no Nerland's Noel freshman class. Oh, that whole team changed the the day that Nerland's got hurt in that Florida game. It did. I remember that's when I had my season tickets, and Archie Goodwin would draw a foul, and I remember yelling from. Double D in section 231. Why do you keep doing that? You suck at free throws. Why are you drawing fouls? Archie Archie Goblin ranks right up there with James Young, in my opinion. How did he yes. sabotage the team? Because he was he became became a ball hog. Like he became a ball hmm. dominant ball hog player. Like and, he was a ball hog that could not shoot. Right, and like yeah. you weren't scoring the points. He wasn't Jody Meeks. No. no. Jody Meeks could be a ball hog. Because you know, he could score. You know, but, you know, and Kentucky's kind of got that mentality right now. I mean, uh, Reeves Reeves just shoots the ball a lot. Dillingham shoots the ball a lot. So, I don't know. Well, that's a long show. That's what she said. Is Reed Shepard going to go break the steel record? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. Because he would have to, like, there's not that many games left. The only way he's going to do it is for them to have a deep run in the SEC tournament and a deep run in the <coughs> NCAA tournament, and I don't think either one of those happen. He only needs like 20-something. Well, yeah, but they've only got like have, and what, they, three games left in they, the season. The last mock draft I've seen, upwards of five players go in the first round for Kentucky. Dillingham, Reed, uh, Wagner. Does Coach Cal go in the first uh, round with them? Aaron Bradshaw. We could only hope. And maybe Edwards. It's huh? going to be really hard for me to not talk bad against Cal next week against. Daniel, Daniel Orton may have some bad stuff to say about Cal. 
He might. So. So, Danny, he was a one and done Cal? that didn't really need to be one Shouldn't and done. Shouldn't have been one and done. Did I, did I not see a story that he was kind of forced out? I think he was. Well, they. We'll ask. The, the next class was the. Right at night class, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Terrence Jones and them. And they didn't, he didn't have a spot. Yeah. So but, I think I mean, he was kind of forced. Yeah. Wasn't there nine players that went in that draft? I think so. Oh, you had Wall, Cousins, Bledsoe, Orton, Patterson. Pretty sure there was nine players that, because that, I remember they all lined up at the. That's the 2012 that. team. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Jorts. Shorts, yeah, Harrelson. In there. But the, but but the 2012 team, they had the they had, they had the press conference. Yeah, and Cal said, if you're entering the NBA draft, stand up, and the entire stage yeah. stood yeah. up. Yeah, that's nuts. All right, it was ducking futs. <laughs> that was close. All right, well, another great show. You got anything else? I mean, I do, but we're already running long, so we are. We'll save it. That's what she said. Um, she never said that. That's a lie. She never said that. Run a little long, are you? No, she didn't. All right, guys. Well, it's another great show. Uh, thank you for tuning in and listening to us, and we'll catch you guys next week. Stay safe, friends. The MoCo Four Horsemen would like to thank you for listening to From Corner to Corner. Be sure to go out and follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, be sure to go out and give us a five-star review. Thanks as always, and we look forward to seeing you next week.